Welcome to Sam's Business Growth Show. I'm Sam Dunning, a digital marketing, sales, and business growth evangelist. Tune in and subscribe today as I'll be interviewing business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the globe. You'll be learning their story, how digital marketing has helped them along the way, and exclusive tips and insights to help you skyrocket your own business. Hello and welcome back to a fresh episode of Sam's Business Growth Show. Excited today to be joined by Neil Schaefer. Neil's an authority on helping innovative businesses digitally transform their sales and their marketing. He's the founder of the digital marketing consultancy PDCA Social and he's fluent in Japanese and Mandarin Chinese. Neil's a popular keynote speaker. He's spoken at four continents in more than a dozen countries. He's also the, also the author of four sales and marketing books including the recently published The Age of Influence. And you've got to check out his podcast, Maximize Your Social Influence for Marketing Inspiration. Neil, a very warm welcome, sir. Hey, thank you, you very much for having me, Sam. I'm doing awesome. I uh, I was actually up at 6.30 for a podcast interview earlier this morning. Ooh, so I'm already, my, one, man. I'm already up on my third cup of coffee and it's only 8 a.m. So it's going to be a wild day. <laughs> <laughs> good man, good man. Looking forward to it. So today, Neil, uh, the focus is on influencer marketing. And if it really is worth it. So we've got some juicy questions for, for you to answer for our audience to learn from your good self and really dive deep into what ROI influencer marketing can bring onto the table and what kind of brands and businesses should be looking at it to, to leverage and, and get a return. But before we get into that good stuff, Neil, for anyone that doesn't know Neil Schaefer, please give us a quick couple minutes background on your good self, how you got into business. And if there's a story you'd like to share with us, please do so, sir. Well, I have been a, uh, a digital and social media marketing author, speaker, consultant, blogger, podcaster. Uh, I actually teach at a few universities. I teach executives for, you know, now it's going on more than a decade. So 11, 12 years. I actually launched my first blog back in 2008. And very appropriately, uh, it was based on the subject of LinkedIn, which we're broadcasting live now. So that's pretty cool. Uh, before all of that, uh, obviously, I've written a few books and I've spoken out on a lot of conferences uh, in London. I spoke at this conference called the iStrategy Conference, for those that might remember, several moons ago. And uh, written four books, the most recent one being The Age of Influence, which is all about influencer marketing. You know, social media is something, when I started my career, it didn't exist. So my background before that is B2B sales, biz dev, and technology in Asia, and it was really that holistic business experience and, and being, you know, a country manager and being responsible for everything, which gave me really good holistic business experience. So I'm not I'm not the seasoned uh, marketer like, uh, you know, I don't I don't have the traditional marketing background. It's more of a sales background, but it's given me more of a very data driven approach, you know, number centric and really trying to cut through the fluff to get impact in everything we do. So uh, when I started working with companies back in 2010, I was also learning as I went along, but uh, you know, 10 years into it now, um, I feel very comfortable obviously speaking and writing and, and teaching marketing, but yeah, I'm a sales turned marketer. Good on you, man. And uh, you sound much the same boat as, as myself, uh, a salesman at heart, but love, love digital marketing, love, love to get, get nerdy when, when we need to and analyze that data and, and get our clients' results. Cool, man. So um, jumping straight into it, is influencer marketing really worth it? So I'll, I'll be blunt, Neil. My, my knowledge of influencer marketing isn't that strong. I tend to focus on the web, SEO, digital marketing side of things along with the sales. So when I think of digital, um, influencer marketing, and some, some of the audience tuning in might think the same, I think of 
in, um, Instagram posts with um, perhaps a good-looking lady, a good-looking bloke advertising something, some kind of commercial, some kind of simple-to-buy product, um, just posing with it and then putting a link to the direct-to-buy page. Now, I might be way off the mark, but what really is influencer marketing, Neil? Am I, am I right or am I completely off? Sam, you are my target audience because that is the con- that is the concept that 99% of marketers have about influencer marketing. They think it's a one-time transaction with someone they've never heard of. They pay a lot of money to. It generates a lot of vanity metrics and has zero business value, right? And is this even for real? Uh, this is what I hear from a lot of marketers. So when I began writing this book, and it, it's you know a two or three year process, I began because I was getting lots of questions about influencers, influencer marketing. And as I dug deeper into it, I realized that most marketers have been misled, miseducated, and they're really missing out on the power that influencer marketing has for any business, even B2B industries. And it really starts with, and, and this goes back, and you know, Sam, you work with a lot of companies as well, and, and, and so do I as a consultant. It really goes back to, okay, so it, it's 2020, I launch a website, check. I understand the concepts of search engine optimization. I understand that I could do, you know, paid uh, pay-per-click. You know, we're all doing that, right? Email marketing, marketing automation, check. Uh, Some aspect of content marketing, blogging, you know, lead magnet, content uh, creation, check. And then we have social media. And for most businesses today, social media does not pay the bills, right? Or, Or organic reach for businesses is pretty much close to dead. And now over the last few years, we've seen companies go, okay, well, I'll just put a lot of money in Facebook ads or LinkedIn ads. And that's all good, but that's paid media. And I think when we as marketers got really excited about social media back in the early days when you know your Facebook page actually had reach, was this notion of word of mouth marketing, was this notion that once we're in social media, word of mouth is gonna help spread, right? We're gonna go viral. Now that doesn't happen today. But on the flip side, vis-a-vis social media, you know, it's become pay to play for businesses, but for content creators, for people, they are getting tremendous traction. So much so that they outperform brands. And now we have this whole generation of influencers that have massive audiences on the likes of Instagram, but it's also YouTube. Uh, You could also say the same with LinkedIn or Twitter or Facebook or any different network. Um, Content creators that have showed up, they've been able to create communities around a certain topic that they're, you know, an expert in or passionate about or what have you. So, you know, as I was writing the book, I realized this isn't just Instagram, this is any social network. And then I look back at, well, what about when brands were reaching out to bloggers? We called that, you know, blogger outreach, reaching out to mommy bloggers, right? If we wanted to get the word out about our, our product, whatever it was, that's influencer marketing, affiliate marketing, that's influencer marketing. You're tapping into people that have a digital footprint podcasting. When you try to interview influencers in hopes that they expose your podcast to their community, or you get additional credibility from working with an influencer, that is influencer marketing. So we're the whole idea here is that we're tapping into other people in hopes of either getting exposed to their community or maybe leveraging this influencer as a content creator to help improve our content. And businesses, B2B businesses, every time you invite an influencer uh, on a webinar, right? Or expert interview or podcast. It, it's all part of the same thing. So once you realize that, I don't know how you can get traction organically in social media without working with influencers. In fact, even LinkedIn, 
will tell you, hey, your post got 100 views. Why not try mentioning someone, right? The magic in social media happens when you collaborate with others. And if people are already talking about you in social media, if you're a big consumer brand, that's awesome. But for most businesses, if people are not talking about you in social media, you are a hidden entity. And the only way to get people to talk about you is through influencer marketing. Thanks, Neil. You've made that a lot simpler for me to understand. And I love the fact you mentioned about tapping into people. And it's interesting that my perception of it, so like, like I mentioned with, with the Instagram, the classic picture of a good-looking girl or, or man with the, the domestic product, and a link uh, was, was a little bit far off. Um, it's now you've given us quite a few other channels like webinars, blog posts, and so on that, that can actually be related to, to the influencer side of things. Cool. So... If a business or a person wanted to, or a brand wanted to get started with influencer marketing, Neil, how, how should they go, go about it? Um, especially if they're working with a, let's say quite a modest or small, very little budget, how can, how can we get stuck into it? So my suggestion, and I write about this in my book because I do not come from the influencer marketing industry, right? I don't have, I'm not this, you know, I, I don't get paid whenever you hire an influencer, I'm not pushing a marketplace or anything. So uh, but what I do know is that the industry itself defines influence by number of Instagram followers. So they used to say, you know, even micro influencers are valuable. These are people that have 10,000 followers, which are still, uh, you know, a, a big following. But more recently, even the industry has said there's value in working with nano influencers. These are people that have at least 1,000 followers. So in my book, I say, okay, one of the problems that businesses have, and, and that picture you painted of that good looking bloke that... You know, you don't even know who the heck he is, but you'll you'll pay him money. Um, I think those days are beginning to end. And what smart companies are doing, and, and my recommendation to get started is, if we can define influence at that 1,000 follower level, there's a lot of people that are already in your sphere of influence, that already like, know, and trust your business, that you can leverage for influencer marketing. So, I, so you know, who already likes, knows, and trusts your business? We start with a social listening tool. Who's already talking about your company or your products, right? Uh, we then go into our followers. Now, different social networks allow us to, you know, analyze our followers in different ways. But if we can find out who our followers are, we actually might find that there are nano influencers hidden among them, as is commonly the case. We then look into our customers, right? Do we have any customers that are nano influencers? If you have an email address, you can use an appending service to find social profiles and literally see if if there are influencers lurking among your customers. Uh, what about our partners? Especially if you're a B2B company, you have you know, system integrators and value-added resellers and distributors and partners. Are any of those influential in digital? And then believe it or not, Sam, you have your employees, right? And if you're, okay. a, B2B, if you're a B2B company, you, know, you have salespeople that have a few thousand LinkedIn connections because it's in their nature to do it, then, it, then those you need to figure out how to tap into their influence, right, as an organization. And we've had things like brand advocacy, you know, tapping into customers. We've had employee advocacy, but they really haven't treated people as influencers. So instead of saying, we have this great content, will you share it? It's more about having a collaboration saying, how can we support you, right? It, is there any content that we're missing? What sort of content would you like to share? Can you help us create content? And I think that's where, and, and, you know, Hey, let's give, let us help give you some training on personal branding. Oh, you want to get, you want to start a blog? We'll help you. You know, we'll, we'll train you on that. It's that investment in people 
right? Instead of investing in Zuckerberg and Facebook with Facebook ads, it's investing in people, some of them customers, some of them employees, some of them just fans, and developing a program from that. And that program can go a lot of different ways, right? It could be content amplification. It could be content co-creation. It could just be getting feedback. I mean, there's a lot of different ways in which we can work with these people. But I believe having that sort of program, you begin to literally create an army of nano influencers that can help you for a variety of marketing objectives. Interesting. Okay. All right, Neil. Cool. So it sounds like so a lot of a lot of our audience are going to have LinkedIn profiles. Not all, but I'm sure a lot tuning in or watching will have a LinkedIn profile. Um, so how can let's say we've got I don't know five hundred thousand. Some of us might have five thousand plus connections. How can we leverage that? Are there some actionable tips, Neil, that we can actually use to leverage our existing contacts or our existing connections? to start doing influencer marketing and what are some examples of how we could put our um, connection base into work or pick someone who's perhaps got more connections than us, maybe 20,000, 10,000 plus, and then utilize their market share to grow our business, to get more leads, to get more brand exposure, whatever our mission is with the, with the, um, with the influencer marketing campaign. Yeah, so there's obviously a lot of different ways to work together. I think it really starts with having that conversation because at the end of the day, the, the sales background of me says, what's in it for me? And sure. what, is in it for the, what is in it for that? Why would that person want to work with you? Which is why if you, give, if you begin with people that already know your company or work at your company, it's a much easier conversation to have, right? Salespeople can actually monetize their influence, which is why they should be, especially if they're active on LinkedIn, they should be the ones that, that would be more active. Hey, for instance, you know, um, if you share this content, we're going to tag it with you with your name and it's going to go into you know we're going to be able to remarket to these people and once we close the deal it's actually going to help you scale your presence by um you know everything we do to support you digitally so that it's actually going to help you get more leads right and and you're going to get a higher bonus for doing that and we're going to create the content that's going to help you do that would you know would you be interested in sharing more of that content if you think it's going to help you get more business for instance right it's really you know having these conversations and understanding that person may say you know what i don't post um professional stuff on linkedin i just post personal stuff and then it's a it's a conversation about personal branding of you know it, it's probably in your best interest to mix some professional content with your personal content and, you know, these are things we know that other salespeople have shared that have led to business, for instance. So it's this sort of a conversation that makes it very clear that there is a benefit in collaborating. And, hey, you know, you want to get more exposure? Why don't we interview you for a blog and we'll get you more exposure? And you can share that with your customers and your network. And it's going to make you look good. And you could share your message. And it's going to help us look good as well because we're, you know, we're celebrating our employees. So a, a few different ways. Uh, depending on your objective, it could be, hey, we're having an event. We want to fill the seats or, or fill the virtual seats um, or we're looking for a speaker or, hey, we're, we're looking to find customers to uh, help contribute to an ebook we're writing. Can you help reach out to some of your customers? Maybe do a little shout out over social media to help us find these stories from your customers. So it's, it's you know, I think that a lot of this stuff, especially salespeople, they're, they're doing offline they're getting, you know, referrals, they're sharing information with, with their customers, what have you. If they can translate to doing that online digitally, that's where I think there's a lot of power. It's going to help them. And obviously it helps the company, helps their marketing power as well. Got it. Okay. So it sounds like if you're actually a company looking for an influencer, you'd, you'd want to have that conversation up front 
to actually find out if that if the content they're putting out aligns with the product or the service that you offer absolutely and in fact before that you want to try to get to know them right you actually want to look at their content if Mm. your content appeared in their feed would it be natural if you comment do they comment back if you follow do they follow back? these are all signals that you can look at to see number one can i build a digital relationship with this person do they have an interest in me and then number two to be able to as we say slide into the dm and be able to have that conversation. Hey, you know, we're building a new program. We, you know, working with content creators and influencers. We'd love to consider you for that. You know, do you collaborate with brands or businesses? Um, if so, how do you do it? If not, how why might we be able to work together so that it's a win-win? It's really having those sorts of relationships instead of saying, you know, hey, we'll send you a twenty-five dollar Amazon gift card if you give us your opinion on our product. Um, that might be a slap in the face to a lot of influencers who might charge a lot of, a lot more, or, or maybe they're not in it for the money, right? It's, it's, it's their professional and they build influence naturally, but they're not looking to, you know, make five pounds here, you know, 10 pounds there. Um, Getting a new sale might be a lot more beneficial or improving their personal branding for their next job might be a, a heck of a lot greater ROI for them than a 10 or 20 pound, you know, gig. So these, you will not know until you actually have a conversation with that person, but it's when you start to build this program and you have multiple conversations with multiple people, and then you, you get that word of mouth going. That's really where the power, uh, I think kicks in. Neil, this is great, mate. And you're really laying down, um, in simple terms, kind of the mediums, the channels that influence marketing can be done on and that the importance of kind of having that upfront conversation with the potential influencer and then working out how it can be done. Um, probably not offering them, uh, a 10 or 25 quid on Amazon, like you say, it might be a bit, a little bit of a slap in the face. <laughs> uh, exactly. And, anyway, you know, I, yeah, I just want to say, mo- and most marketers try the spray and pray approach. They just send the same message to 100 people. And it, 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 I cannot emphasize enough, this has to be personalized. It has to be almost a PR approach. Or actually, it's more of a sales approach. You know, you're going to find 100 people that you want to collaborate with. You're not going to convert on all of them. Half of them won't even respond, right? It's, it, it's, it's just like sales. You may only convert a few percent of them, but if you convert the right people, it can be really powerful. But you have to have that sales mentality, that one-to-one mentality, if you really want to do this well. That makes sense. So let's say we've we've got an influencer lined up. Um, we're happy. We've built some kind of agreement. We've worked out the channels that we're going to work with them on. Perhaps it's podcasts, perhaps it's webinars, perhaps it's blog content, perhaps it's LinkedIn, Instagram content, whatever channels we've agreed on. What kind of ROI, what kind of return... What's going to be the cash in the bank, the brand building, the leads? What can we expect from this kind of exercise, Neil? So there are um, there are link tools, right? And I'm not talking like about a Bitly, but um, there's a, a great tool. I think it's called Everflow that, you know, no matter where the influencer talks about you, it's sort of like an affiliate link, right? So mm-hmm. there are ways of digitally saying, hey, when you share this content with your community, can you please use this link so that we can track performance? And it, it, it's a win-win because the more you perform, the more that we're gonna work with you, the more we're gonna invest in the relationship, right? Um, it also helps us understand your influence greater, et cetera, et cetera. Some may balk at doing that, but I think people that have true influence shouldn't, right? Um, and, and that is where you get your ROI. Um, now, if you're only having someone post something on Instagram, you're not going to get many clicks, right? So it also depends on the social network. But if you structure it in a way where the ROI in this is getting new leads, well, you need to create a program that actually generates leads. 
probably, you know, more than Instagram, maybe a, a blog post might be more beneficial. I don't know. It, it depends on, you know, every company is a little bit different. But if you sure. architect it in a way where, you know, for other companies, in all honesty, like B2B companies spend, what, 30, 40% of their budget on content. If I can work with an influencer and they can create the content for me, uh, I'm actually might be saving money, right? So instead of, you know, agencies are great, don't get me wrong. And, and your agency is doing a great job. But when it comes to like creative content, right, or maybe blog posts or, uh, you know, what have you, or video, it might make sense and it might actually be less expensive to work directly with an influencer that we think influences our audience and leverage their content as part of our content. So there's many, many different ways of looking at ROI, right? If you are working together on an event, like a webinar, then obviously, you know, you give them a dedicated link once again, and people that they invite to the webinar, if they turn into leads generated, then you've generated a lead from that influencer relationship. So there's many ways to, I mean, it's all digital, so it's measurable, right? Um, but it all comes down to your objectives and you're creating that you're architecting the system that's going to help you measure it. Yeah, that makes sense. And I guess it's about mapping it out up front, what you actually want to get out of it. So whether it's leads from a landing page to maybe book a demo with your software company, or whether it's like you say, webinar signups, or whether it's something else, agreeing that up front and then setting in place the foundation, whether it's a trackable link or whether it's something else to actually make sure that you can measure that return. Yeah, the, you know, I remember my friend Coca Sexton, who uh, I forget where he works now. He used to be in charge of social selling at LinkedIn. And early on in his career, he said, you know what? I wanted to track the performance of my salespeople on social media. So we just created separate landing pages for each salesperson. Right. So if you were to create a separate landing page for each influencer, you would be very clear as to how well they perform. Right. So it, it really is. It's it's like, oh, oh, we forgot to give you the landing page URL a week into the campaign. You're going to shoot yourself in the foot. So really think and really architect it out and map it. And I think you'll be able to see that because it's all digital, it's all measurable. Got it, man. Okay. And in terms of the, the type of resources that we should actually assign to an influencer campaign, is it how long is a piece of string? Is it what do we want to get out of it? And is there anything that we've not covered, Neil, in terms of how businesses or companies, brands can get the maximum results with an influencer partnership and if they should even do it. Yeah. So I, th I think they should. Um, and I think in many ways it's going to replace your organic social media. Your organic social media becomes collaborating with influencers. And as they create more content, you can leverage that content where you begin to publish more and more user-generated content, right? Uh, in addition to whatever content you're creating. So I think over time, what happens is you're, you're building this relationship with multiple people and it's sort of the 80, 20 rule that probably 20% of these influencers are going to drive 80% of the results. So maybe at some point, and I know a lot of companies actually have contracts. It's like an annual contract. We're going to work together for 12 months. We're going to provide you training. Maybe there's, there's an affiliate relationship. I mean, I don't know. Right. But for the next 12 months, you know, let's do this and, and, and let's help each other. And after that 12 months is over, you may decide, you know what, this influencer, they never published much content or they never responded to my emails. You know, they got busy. They just stopped participating um, or they just didn't have that influence or maybe the relevance or whatever it is. But the performance just really wasn't that well. Um, I, I think at that point, you actually want to work more people into your program. Right. So after a year, you may say, you know what, um, we're not going to renew the contract the second year. We'll, we'll keep in touch and see how things go. But, um, you know, 
we're going to, uh, you know, we're trying to optimize our program, whatever thing you want to say, but I think it's always important to bring new people in as well and really having that data-driven approach. And hopefully over time, you begin to see which influencers work well on, on, you know, which social networks, which content mediums. Um, hmm. and, and from there you, you know, it begins to be this data-driven, you know, AB testing, uh, strategy that, uh, you know, most digital marketers are very familiar with, but instead of programmable ad units or keywords, we're now looking at people and how they perform. Got it. Got it. Okay, Neil. And in terms of results, is there a, a typical duration in which you can see results from an influence campaign or is it is it completely variable depending on the format, depending on the end goal, whether it's webinar signups, whether it's landing page leads and so on and so forth? Is it generally a long-term game, like six months or so, just like with, with us in terms of SEO and that kind of work or is it is it completely variant depending on what's going on with the campaign? It, it's obviously very variant. And generally speaking in marketing, I mean, if we could do this and become millionaires tomorrow, I mean, everyone would be doing it, right? So it always takes time. I think with influencers, what's interesting is they already have a community. Sure. So if they were able to expose your company to their community, it actually could have impactful results very, very quickly. But what takes time is developing the relationship, right? And figuring out a way to work together and constructing that campaign and then working together, them actually creating the content, you approving the content, them actually publishing the content. So with that in mind, it does take time, but because they already have a built-in audience, assuming that the relevance is there, right? And assuming that that influencer is really good at content creation and talking about your product in an authentic way, uh, obviously results could happen very, very quickly. And I think that's the, one of the exciting things about influencer marketing, but you know, I, I, it is, you don't have to necessarily pay money. Free product, especially at the nano influencer level, can go very far. But it, it, it is a form of paid media, right? So you should be comparing it with your ads, with your Facebook ads, with your pay-per-click. And I, you know, the, the data shows that companies do it really well, see tremendous ROI. Awesome, man. Neil, this has been an enjoyable conversation and um, really appreciate you breaking down influencer marketing, even for someone that doesn't know it as well, just like me and everyone tuning in. Um, I'd like to ask everyone that comes on, Neil, have you got a digital marketing channel of choice that people should be tapping into to see results for themselves and their business? Well, it's a great question. I've really been focusing recently on discoverable content. And what I mean by this is, if we think about as marketers, where can we publish digital content, right? There's basically four content mediums. You have text, which is a blog, and every company here should have a blog. You have video, which is YouTube. You have a photograph, and I mean, it's more than that, but that's, you know, when we think about Instagram, we think of the photograph, and obviously photo is really everywhere on social, you can leverage it. And then you have the audio, which is podcast. And I think, you know, now that we're in our second decade of social media, you know, the content just does not live there very long. So I see companies and people just spend a lot of time crafting content that is here today, gone tomorrow. And then I look at things like, I mean, everybody has a blog, like I said, but I look at things like YouTube and I look at podcasts and these are two content mediums where not everybody, you know, I think there's what, 600 million blogs, but only 30 million YouTube channels and only 1 million podcasts. So, you know, I, I begin to look at the differences in the mediums and the differences in the supply and demand. And maybe instead of always looking at the latest and greatest thing with Instagram or whatever social network, we should really be focusing on those bigger content mediums where our content lives a lot longer, specifically YouTube and podcasting. 
And I think I still think that there are tremendous opportunities. Obviously, they require a special skill set, but um, you know, I, I'm bullish, and that's where I'm investing my time. And I'm working with with clients that already have the blog. They're already doing social. They're like, what's next? Um, that and obviously, influencer marketing would be the next natural progression in social media. But I'd really be looking at at YouTube and podcasting if you're a business today. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. I mean, the great thing that we found, I found with podcasting, YouTube, is that you, just like you say, you can repurpose the content. So once you've built a podcast, you've interviewed a guest, um, you can then repurpose that into a blog, into video content, into short form content to put on LinkedIn or any social channel. So it's, it's got so much replay value. And like you say, it's, it's there on the internet. So then anyone can tune in. It can then bring them to you. It can help build your brand credibility and your yeah. trust and, and much more. Yeah. And, you know, I, this is really uh, top of mind. I actually did a webinar yesterday on podcasting and, you know, the average listener of podcasts will consume, like, I think it's six or seven hours of content a week. So when people see your photo on Instagram, it's instantaneous, right? When people, you know, read your blog, I don't know how much time people stay on your site, but it's normally a few minutes. Even a YouTube video, it's going to be hard to get people to watch more than 10 minutes, generally speaking. But people will stay on for a podcast, 20, 30 minutes, for 45 minutes, an hour. So when we compare the content mediums, the podcasting is where you're going to get more time uh, with with a, a social media user, uh, and you're going to be able to create a more intimate relationship from doing that. And I think that's a really powerful stat that most marketers who aren't involved in podcasting, or maybe personally don't listen to podcasts, uh, don't understand, but they should really start the process of trying to better understand this as a as a really important marketing medium. Nice one, Neil. So if you're sitting on the fence about kicking off your own podcast, now's the time. Tap into that market and get stuck in. All right, Neil, really appreciate it, man. You've been tuning in to Sam's Business Growth Show, where we sit down with business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the globe. We find out their story, how digital marketing's helped them along the way, and their exclusive tips and insights to help you skyrocket your sales and skyrocket your business. If you could thank just one person, Neil, either dead or alive, having a positive influence on yourself and your career, who would that be and why? Uh, well, it would have to be my father, who actually uh, passed away just, um, wow, five months ago, uh, who was an incredible influence on my life. He was an educator. He was an intellect. He always wanted me to challenge myself. He always supported me. And without uh, without him, I wouldn't be, he was also an entrepreneur and an educator. So I, I feel like I'm, I've sort of walked in the same footsteps. So yeah, it's just um, someone that's had a tremendous impact in my life. Good man. Really sorry for your loss, man, especially being so soon. So I'm sure that's a real nice tribute. Thank you, my friend. Neil, thanks again for coming on. If anyone wants to learn from you, connect with you, check out your books, tell us the best way to get in touch and learn from Neil Schaefer. Sure. Well, my website is neilschafer.com and I am Neil Schaefer everywhere in social media. So I am the real Neil, that's N-E-A-L, and Schaefer is spelled S-C-H-A-F-F-E-R. The name of my book is called The Age of Influence. If you want to learn more about this, this concept of digital influence and how to leverage it for your business. And I also have a podcast which talks about this called the Maximize Your Social Influence podcast. Neil, thank you once again, sir. Oh, thank you. I was having fun there. <laughs> Take care, man. All right. Thank you. Cheers. Are you tired of constantly hunting for new customers? You could be missing out on regular inbound opportunities, all because your website isn't on the first page of Google. Perhaps you're already spending lots of money on advertising, but your website is failing to convert all of your hard-earned visitors into a consistent flow 
of new customers. If you'd like to learn more about our unusual approach that brings idle clients straight to you, connect with Sam Dunning on LinkedIn or book a free 20-minute consultation via webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com. Subscribe today for more digital marketing, sales and business growth tips from the experts.